2: Support Wrestle Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring, and a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello, and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast.
3: I am Ollie Davis, and I am joined by Luke Owen. Hello, the SWAFT Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. How are you? How did you find the show? I,
2: like we've said before, I loved fantasy booking episodes once you've got the in. And this week, we already had an in because I came to you on Tuesday and I was like, I want to do the Cruiserweights because I've thought of something that I want to do. And you very kindly went, although you've got the head start, Ollie. Let's go with this.
3: And on that Wednesday, when we were doing the uh, the, the Wednesday episode, we did mm. the Raw versus Smackdown review, that morning I was in the shower, and all of a sudden, because obviously your conversation had played in my mind. You were
2: thinking was, about me in the shower. Totally, yeah.
3: yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got it. I know what my in is. Mm. And that was it. And so I came in on Wednesday, I was like, yeah, totally, let's do the Cruiserweights, because I already know what I want to do. Yeah, I just think for your one,
2: bringing CM Punk back was a bit of uh, a... <laughs>
3: But I hand Sami Zayn as WWE champion, so
2: yeah, it all worked out. That's that's the ultimate, isn't it? You have Roman Reigns turns heel, yep, because CM Punk comes back to help (laughs) Sami Zayn win the championship,
3: and that builds to CM Punk versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, when the actual brief was the fantasy book, uh, Titus O'Neil versus Heath Slater. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you win them. Uh, so let's get to some iTunes reviews. We'll talk about uh, our thoughts on each other's fantasy booking. Well, we don't want to spoil anything at the end. Uh, but first up, we have Inked on iTunes, who is which is a, a collection of numbers and letters, like
3: a good password.
2: Yeah. So one N K three D. If anyone wants to try their luck at hacking that account, why can't I give this six stars? Because I you're ask. not Dave Meltzer. Welcome to my review, and I'm not ollie davis this is your one-stop wrestling podcast shop for excellent content thanks guys keep up the great work only subscribe one time because if you subscribe as many times as you're asked to i'm sure you will end up being unsubscribed be awesome and give them a subscribe yes is, whoa cheers thanks. yeah that's a uh, a common thing i actually changed uh, the original so originally it was su- support wrestle talk this was like last december uh press the subscribe button But then everyone pointed out if I press the subscribe button and I'm already subscribed and I just follow that command blindly, I'm suddenly unsubscribed. You don't want that? And I was like, well, I hope (laughs) most people wouldn't just do whatever my voice says immediately. Yeah. But then I thought, hmm, maybe if you're not really thinking and you just, so I've changed it. To Give us a subscribe So hopefully that's not as Yeah And now that's um, shaken up as well a bit Which which did rock the apple cart a little bit Yeah I think people have gotten used to it now <laughs> yeah. There's enough new ones yeah. In the repertoire now uh, Next up we have Call cool Tarek One Who has written the very good title of Tarek's Review Luke and Ollie or Ollie and Luke I can't imagine this show podcast without With anyone else running it But you two Keep up the good work if you're reading this Which we are which we are, yes. If And if you're not, well, and in all seriousness... Hmm.
3: No, do you want me to try this one? Yeah. Okay. The words uh, seem... Wrong. Keep up the good work if you are reading this, and if you're not, whelp. Ah. And in all seriousness, I love listening. This is my first time listening to your podcast in iTunes. I'm used to watching it on my laptop because I like the occasional hand gestures. That's not as dirty as it sounds. But it is more easier to listen, and I rate you five out of four. Whoa, Thank you, Tarek. Thank you, cool Tarek. That's very cool of you. It was such a good review, I had to step in and read it. I was just about to
2: say, well, for the benefit of YouTube, here's some hand gestures, but this bit
3: isn't on YouTube. This is podcast exclusive. So, what am I doing, Luke? Uh, You're doing like the 10, the, 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 the Ty Dillinger 10 motion. Those are the hand gestures for you, cool Tarek. But let's get on with the show. Yes, we have got some crap gimmicks. Thank you to everyone who sends them to us via Twitter, leaves them in the YouTube comments, sends them through email, and who leave them on our Patreon page. We really do appreciate all of your crap gimmicks. Uh, we actually had a bit of a creative meeting mm. today to discuss what it is that it is a crap gimmick and what this feature really is. Because if you saw the last episode where we discussed the crap gimmicks, there was a little bit of uncertainty about yeah. what this was really about. So do you want to explain... The well, rules. Well, when we first came up with this a few weeks ago,
2: it was just, it would, all we had was a title, which was Crap Gimmicks. Yeah. Send us in your Crap Gimmicks. And then people sent in uh, the Crap Gimmicks, and we were like, oh, should we sign them to the Crap Gimmick roster? Now the Crap Gimmick roster was a thing. Like, is this a crap enough gimmick for us to to endorse? And then we're like, well, what criteria would we sign a, a Crap Gimmick on? Well, they'd have to be crap. But then we hit a stumbling block. Because we have different
3: interpretations of what
2: crap is.
3: Exactly. So I interpreted it as the, that mid-90s WWF period where you were a wrestler and a blank. So you might be a wrestler, but also a dumpster mm. driver. Uh, you might be a wrestler, but also a dentist. Yep. That, um, and those, that are, those are crap gimmicks. IRS,
2: of course, was the, the tax man Absolutely, gimmick. yep. So, But my one, my version of crap, was just completely terrible. And really, really bad. The caveat is Vince McMahon would have to put it on TV, but it wouldn't get over. And that's what I saw. I was, you know, something I would not like to see in a wrestling ring. So we would we would try and brainstorm and or mind map is the politically correct term. Mm-hmm. And and figure out if there was any possible way these acts could get over. And that if they couldn't, then they'd go into the Crap Gimmicks Hall, uh, not Hall of Fame, but the Crap Gimmicks roster we'd sign them. So we've kind of like met in the middle a bit
3: yeah a little bit yeah yeah, yeah.
2: so uh, we're going to unveil who we are signing on uh, from the crap gimmicks submitted so far that we've covered on Monday's show mm. but should we talk about a few crap gimmicks we've had uh, in in since the last episode would you say this is one of our most popular segments ever
3: it is i think it's easily Mailbag the most wise. yeah i think it's easily the most possible uh, yeah. of- What's the word I'm after? Popular. I was about to say possible. Yeah. It's easily the most popular uh, feature that we have, other than fantasy book and warfare. Because I get, I would say, on average, five suggestions a day. Mm. And four of those five suggestions are Asker's main roster debut. Yeah. Which we've already done. Uh, and if it's not that one, it's like Broken Hardy's done that one as well. S.H.I.E.L.D. Reunion done that one as well cm punk return
2: that's not happening we haven't done that one we're but not doing one it. one day we'll have to do it one day why have we got to do it one day because we'll run out of ideas <laughs> and well, we have we to will use that one that's ne- the bottom of the barrel we will
3: never run out of ideas before you get to a cm punk return that you think
2: you think cm punk's gonna return before we have the fantasy book cm punk's return
3: yes no well no cause, uh, no what i'm saying is that what am i saying that that we will never run out of ideas before we get to cm punk uh, I I don't have as much faith in our, in our abilities. <laughs> I have faith in our in the
1: oh, Swatch yeah, the, Nation.
3: There's always
1: yeah, but they they just want
2: Asuka, just want <laughs> Asuka main booking debuts.
3: Uh, yeah, so
2: will yeah fancy booking warfare is a very popular one, but I think the crap gimmicks is the one I've gotten uh,
3: most correspondence about. You do you um you get a little bit aroused over the uh, the crap booking. Crapbooking? The, uh, the really Crap roster, rather. You do yeah, enjoy it. I so when you it.
2: read... Okay. Uh,
3: so this came from Nick Schiff
2: via our Patreon page. Not just Nick Schiff. Hard as nails, Nick Schiff. Uh, yeah, from Patreon. The name of the character is Phil the Fisherman. What's his gimmick? He's a comedic wrestler. Backstage segments consist of him always being seen with his fishing pole, trying to reel in the big one. Mm. Hopefully that's... Uh, You know, a metaphor for the WWE Championship. This allows him to constantly hook onto wrestlers each week Oh that's bad that lead to eventual squash matches. Also, just like a fisherman, he can only wrestle fish that fit the weight requirement. Can fish fishermen only? <laughs> well, um, I didn't know there was a governing body I... for fishermen wrestling no, I, fish.
3: I, I didn't know. So, like, if you are a cod fisherman, mm. are you not then allowed to catch haddock because they are above the cod? I don't even know if haddock are above the cod weight limits. Or if you are a cod fisherman, do you can you can only get like cod above a cert, like to a certain level? Those are the exact sort of criteria
2: if why <laughs> Britain is leaving the EU. Uh, Trying to dictate what sort of shaped bananas I eat. I'm being glib. I don't know. For example, if he catches a cruiserweight, for example, if he catches a cruiserweight, he has to throw it back because they're too small to
3: keep. Oh man! I mean, if you want to bury the cruiserweight division, this really is. Can you imagine this lad walking around with his his fishing pole, bringing it in, and it's like, oh, it's Jack Gallagher. And I'll throw mm. him back in. I don't want that one.
2: I think that would be less damaging, though, than Enzo Amore winning the belt. Yes. Uh, And, of course, the finisher is... you know what? I
3: haven't even contemplated that idea.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think it's worth contemplating. The finisher is the Fisherman Suplex. Of course. Kind of obvious. Uh, And Phil even goes so... Sorry, Nick says there's even so far as a gimmick match that would be his, like, the Punjabi prison match for Jinder
3: Mahal. Phil the Fisherman.
2: Why is he called Phil.
3: Um, I'm guessing I don't know bit of alliteration but it, I think that's what it's going for is uh, alliteration obviously the first thing I think of is the Primus song John the Fisherman which is a great Primus you track you like Primus don't you they are
2: awesome I see I if I was the, let me do the gimmick match and I'll tell you uh, my thoughts uh, so the gimmick match would be the fishing rod on a pole match where you guessed it his fishing rod is the pole genius I know mm. maybe with a cruiserweight wrestler so I first of all I would drop the fill would be dropped or, or the fisherman would be dropped he might just be called Phil like Neville after a while uh, but I think I think you'll go with the fisherman the fisherman yeah yeah yeah
3: um
2: could this get over is this is this worth
3: signing to the crap I'm gimmick? not sure thoughts? I'm not sure the fisherman could get over um I think that his reeling gimmick uh constantly going around trying to, trying to hook people mm-hmm. I'm not sure that could overly get over um more the- importantly,
2: it would annoy me as a viewer. Yeah, I think that would annoy me as yeah. a viewer as well. I can't see a smarky fan liking this or a uh, a mainstream one either. Mm.
3: So this this has potential. This has potential you to got, be completely unsalvageable. You have got potential there, Nick. There is not a nugget of goodness that I can find in this. Because what was it's similar
2: to your one though, isn't it? Your, yes,
3: the fishmonger. The fishmonger. Yes. And he had a net,
2: so you can kind of combine <laughs> but these a two. And net was a person. And net was per- his valet, of yes. course. Um, not an actual net. But he could get the net out to to get people. Yeah. And and
3: a- a- net carries around a net. That's the that's the joke.
2: The only thing it that could get Phil over is if he does bring a little bucket out of water with a few fish in. And then when the referee's back's turned, he picks out one of the fish <laughs> and Monty Pythons it up. I thought you were going to say just like a bucket of chum. Bucket of chum, pour it over them would be good. Exactly like the bucket of slop. So on Monday, we're going to we're gonna review all of the uh, crap gimmicks so far. Maybe Phil might make it in when we do our signing I mean, on Monday.
3: I'd like to, I mean, because obviously this is a an, any. Uh, Big competition with mm. the fishmonger because they are such similar gimmicks. Yeah, and the fishmonger is already technically over because someone cosplayed as the fishmonger yeah. and sent us a picture on Twitter of it.
2: Yeah, our uh, our Nordic contingent. <laughs> I can't remember the the full chapter name of WrestleTalk Talk over there, but yes, that was a uh, very good. So uh, next up we have Jordan Brown, also via Patreon. And has submitted it multiple times on YouTube. Mm. Very,
3: very confident in this one. He has been exceptionally passionate about this idea to mm. the point where he has left it on every single one of our videos and then has called us out for never mm. mentioning it and then went to the trouble of backing us on Patreon just so we would talk about it. If you want to get our
2: attention, money is usually the most quick <laughs> and immediate way to do it. So I actually, but I'm glad he did because... You know, because there's so many comments, and we get so many emails, we can't read them all. Although we very much try to. This one's good.
3: You, I. You and say I, that.
2: I. This one. Okay, let's read it out so everyone knows what we're talking about. Jordan Brown suggests earthworm. That's the wrestler's name, Earthworm. Not to be confused with Earthworm Jim. It's two midgets on top of each other in a huge grey raincoat. Whenever Earthworm takes a backbreaker or something like that, the midgets separate and keep fighting. Since the head end of an earthworm can regrow, its body and the tail end can keep moving but will eventually die. Uh, The top midget at some point goes under the ring and the bottom midget gets killed. (laughs) While the competitor is distracted, killing the bottom end, the top end comes back. Out on top of another midget in the raincoat and gets the pin with a small package
3: it, it's the it's when they get killed is where yeah, the, that's, the, that's where the giving sort down. of falls down a little bit really because we can't be killing people now well like you know like maybe just fizzles out after a while the bottom end mm. just
2: or d- the the head regrows the back end doesn't it yeah yeah i i really think it's strong i think this is pretty crap
3: i am a huge fan of muppet man Mm. so uh, anything muppet man Man. so uh i can't believe i fell for muppet man (laughs) Uh, so, like any time uh, that people sort of like, you know, you used to see it in 90s uh, movies all the time, mm. 90s kids movies, kids getting on top of each other's shoulders, wearing a big trench coat and a, and a big hat to try and disguise themselves as an adult. That, I think, is very humorous. Yeah. And that is quite funny. Problem is, and I lo- also love the idea of doing a backbreaker and them kind of scurrying around. But the problem uh, where it comes is they win with a small package. I'm not sure how that will work. Yeah, logistically,
2: it's going to be very difficult to execute. If anything, Jordan, what you've described is a spot, <laughs> rather than that entire gimmick. Yeah, the, you only have one spot with this character, and that because that's all it can do. You can't you can't wrestle a match before the spot, unless it's a sort of badly balanced few fists. Uh, but it's, it is in the rich wrestling vein of the Bella Twins. You know, have one go under the ring, they
3: switch twin out. Twin magic. Yeah, twin which, magic. Which they still did when mm. they changed their hair colors and. And, other the, bits. and their eyeshadow and other bits. <laughs> uh, yes,
2: yeah, so I, it's pretty crap. But it yeah. is—it's not a full character, unfortunately. It's more of a spot.
3: Yeah, that—that—that that, that was my feeling on it as well. Mm-hmm. I like the concept, but I'm not sure. Really I'm not sure it really works.
2: Yeah. So this week's fantasy booking Warfare is how to save the Cruiserweight division. I am going first because I won the last round, which was Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon's feud. And that makes it 1-0 to me. It certainly the, does for the month of September. Month so and of course, we now have... Something at stake, something we're fighting over, which is the loser for the month will have to record a cover version of Nia Jax's "I'm Not Like Most Girls." Although
3: that's not actually what the song is called. Is
2: it "Not Like Most Girls"?
3: No, it's something like "Beautifully Dominant" or something. Ah, like "Glorious Dominion" is the name of "Glorious." Yeah,
2: yeah, not as uh, not as over on that
3: CFO money. sir, uh, that's their biggest flaw. Can't name tracks, mm. can write a belter, but cannot name them. So uh, yes, for the cruiseweight division. I'm
2: just going to outline some technicalities first. Saving the Cruiserweight division, for me, means the people inside the Cruiserweight division. How best to uh, present them and how to fix the problems with 205 Live. And the thing that I think is most damaging overall to everyone, that is the separation between Cruiserweight wrestlers, which have a weight limit and immediately a, a bad glass ceiling that they can't break through, and the plus 205 pound wrestlers which Mm. i keep on wanting to call the main
3: roster (laughs) which shows how bad the cruiserweight division's got i mean it more or less is though isn't it because Mm. miz in so many words did say you were demoted to 205 live okay so
2: here is my booking on how to save the cruiserweights right so this is after enzo amore and neville's match at no mercy so everything that's happened has already happened i'm not going back and retro conning bits uh and Neville destroys Enzo at No Mercy, it's a brief match, he, like, he stretches him to hell with the Rings of Sat and then maybe lays in some chair shots afterwards. Amore is finished and running off telly for quite some time. Which, you know, would probably help him backstage, but that's by the by. This, the next night on Raw, Neville is built up as Neville's going to explain his actions. I'm thinking like a opening the second hour promo segment, you know, that sort of thing. So Neville comes out and he says, so this is uh, No Mercy, which is next weekend. So around the end of September, he comes out and he says, Almost a year ago today, the Cruiserweight division debuted on Raw. On the 14th of September 2016, TJP, TJ Perkins, became the first man to lift this Cruiserweight Championship when he won the Cruiserweight Classic. Then in January, I took hold of it and I have dominated it ever since, what's rightfully mine. But I'm not going to do the accent, unfortunately, so this is is Neville's uh, promo. But while I not while I might not like them, every man who stepped up to challenge me for this title has taken me to the limit. Jack Gallagher, Akira Tozawa, Austin Aries—they're the toughest, meanest, most athletic shooters in the world. And remember, I used to wrestle you 205-pound plus guys in the back. I'm a former NXT champion. I I was this close, this close becoming WWE Champion against Seth Rollins, a rope break away. Us cruiserweight wrestlers can take on anyone, and then, and well, that's what I was, that's what I thought, this cruiserweight division, and then Enzo Amore happened. Someone who was a main roster guy, not main roster, 205 pound plus guy, he just walks into this division, dances into it like a moron, and suddenly thinks he's worthy of of a championship shot at my title and everyone who has worked hard on this in this division to build it up. You can't just wrestle me, wrestle my division, and expect an easy ride. I can out wrestle and outlast any of you in the back, and I'll do to you just what I did to Enzo at No Mercy. So to open this here title up to you, holds up the Cruiserweight Championship, this is no longer the cruiserweight championship. This no longer has the 205 pound weight limit. This is the king of wrestling championship. So come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. So of course the ramification here is that Neville has now made this a a weight class less belt so anyone can fight anyone. The cruiserweight division, going by what Neville said, is defunct. And then you hear on the mic, Really? Really? And the Miz comes out. And Neville challenges Miz. He says, well, come on then. You come down here and face me, the king of the Cruiserweights." <laughs> All right, that's, that's the last time I'm going to attempt it. And Miz effectively goes, nah, I don't fight. I don't fight just like that when you call me out. Candice Axel, go and, go and challenge him. And Curtis is like, Really? You want me to? Yeah, okay, let's do, let's do this. And Neville, just as Curtis is getting into the ring, you know, getting through the second rope, Neville super kicks him into the head. Axel's knocked out. He just falls down. Commentators are selling it like crazy. I love a knockout spot. Um. So later on, Kurt Angle takes Neville's side. He's like, look, you're amazing. The cruiserweight division's amazing. But you can't just rename an entire division. That, you know, the, what, while everyone should be able to wrestle everyone quality in society uh you can't just we can't be held ransom by the champion and on top of this management are putting the pressure on Neville to stop this so Neville tells Angle uh I'll shut up about the 205 plus uh, I'll shut up about getting rid of weight classes if you can find a 205 pound plus person who can beat me because I'd have no right to, to say all this stuff and hold this championship if I can't back up my words. This is the King of Wrestling Championship and if I can't beat anyone, I don't deserve to have it. So now it's like Neville is still he's still exactly the same in delivery and demeanor as his big king heel persona that he's had. But he's at the content of what he's saying is actually quite badass and noble. So he's he's becoming a tweener. Um so uh yeah, if Neville wit so if Neville loses, he just walks away from this whole mission. But if he wins, he gets to reclassify the Cruiserweight division to the King of Wrestling division. Uh, most of the babyfaces backstage, because, you know, I like it when these sorts of storylines have uh, interviews with other people, you know, like what people who aren't involved in the storyline, what do you think about this? Says WWE Robotic Interviewer number three. And all the baby faces generally agree that everyone should be able to face everyone. Uh, Kurt Angle's first port of call is Jason Jordan, his son. And Jordan's like, I, I, this isn't my battle. I can't fight this one. I think Neville should have uh, the ability to face anyone. Uh, but all the heels, they're like, screw these guys. Uh, um, and, you know, trying to gain favour with management as well. So they want to go against Neville. But Miz, because you've got the previous existing angle, says, I'll I'll do it, but my Intercontinental title isn't on the line. But the idea is, you know, he's he's still not confident enough to beat Neville to put his Intercontinental title on the line, but he does have the Miztourage, so he's still pretty confident he can win. Kurt books the match for TLC. At TLC, despite the interference from both 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 Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, Neville wins. Neville gets to... He's in charge of the Cruiserweight division. So the next night on Raw, Neville reveals the new king of wrestling belt and announces 205 Live is no more. It's now called the kings of wrestling and starting from tomorrow night he'll be staging a tournament just like a good old-fashioned you know royal court king tournament to find his knights uh 205 live has changed in style to be more like the cruiserweight classic now it's not when i say like a a royal old-fashioned tournament it's that's just kind of like from neville's character perspective it is more like the cruiserweight classic and uh it's based on points. I'm not going to go into how to book it. But over the coming weeks, Jack Gallagher, Akira Tozawa and Cedric Alexander are the people who are coming out on top. And the, as they do, these three embrace harder, more badass characters, uh, which, um, like Jack Gallagher is more of a Joker-like suited dandy. But, you know, he can stretch the hell out of you. Akira Tozawa is pretty much what he is right now, just without the goofy stuff. And Cedric Alexander, who's just so much fun to watch wrestle, just doesn't talk, doesn't do any goofy stuff. He just wrestles and hits hard. Uh, and Neville says, well, it's "No surprise. Most of those I've faced in my tenure as uh, the Cruiserweight Champion have become my knights, you know, so they're slowly rising up." Side story, um a little bit of a fun bit. As Dezauer's getting more into the Kings, of course he's part of Titus Worldwide, and Titus is like, "Hey Akira, man, like I've always been friends with the Cruiserweight Division." You know, I've, I've always been trying to get you up there. And uh, when he's like, you know, I've always been there for the little guy. And Akira's like, what did you call me? And then Tazawa beats up Titus. So you've got this this sort of faction is emerging where they are really cool. But they're also heels, but they're kind of fighting for a noble cause. So it's this really nice uh, between a spot is, is the aim here, at least. Uh, Then on Raw, so Neville's continuing to run through heels. Miz is still upset and challenges Neville and his Cruiserweight buddies to a Survivor Series match. Uh, It ends up being the Raw team as Cesaro, Sheamus, Miz, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. So not much star power there. And Neville, of course, chooses Gallagher, Tozawa and Alexander. So he's got one spot left open. Two weeks out, the Kings attack Axel and put him out with injury, you know, like a vicious beatdown. And management and Miz uh, put pressure on Kurt to find a replacement. Neville says he'll decide his on the 205 Live Go Home show. So the Go Home Raw has a singles match between Neville and Cesaro. And at the start of the night, Kurt teases a hell of an addition to Team Raw. And uh, he... I don't know, like a second hour main event thing. Not the main event, because it's Survivor Series. I imagine that'd be a much bigger angle. A brawl breaks out, so there's no definitive finish between this this match between Neville and Cesaro. And Kurt comes out to sort of stop the brawl by announcing the fifth member of Team Raw. It's a return in Austin Aries. So you get that kind of Daniel Bryan dynamic at SummerSlam with the Nexus. Austin Aries runs down to take down Neville. He's got his chair with him. Both teams are either side, and... He turns and takes out the Miz. You all saw that coming. Everyone brawls. Uh, it looks like the, the, the kings and the knights, the king and his knights are on top. Who will be Raw's fifth man? So, heading into the Survivor Series, we've now got this, and this is my aim really, to create this kind of, uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's a New Japan faction called Los Ignobles de Japan. the Japan Ignobles de Japan. Are you familiar with this? Naito and uh, Takahashi and I Evil. On,
3: I think I caught him on Pokemon Blue.
2: Yes, very funny. Yes. Uh, and Sonada. So if you've never seen... The first time I was introduced to LIJ was this weird promo shot at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. And it was in like a deserted car park and the camera just swooped in. And it shows these five guys just standing there all artfully spaced out. One's dressed up as the Grim Reaper. One is dressed up in this like post-apocalyptic, colourful suit with uh, a toy cat. You've got Naito just looking there, really cool, with his eye open, pushing it open with his fingers. And uh, Sonada, who's this massive guy. I forget who the other person is. But they just like it was like, why are you guys a faction? You have no consistent theme here. And it's just the, the gimmick, I, th- I believe the gimmick was that there were all these people who weren't really getting pushed so they formed their own faction and they become one of the top merchandise sellers in New Japan. And what I'm doing here is trying to recreate that colourful comic book style faction where everyone is really distinct, distinctly different but brought together by another cause. So you've got Neville who's this king. You know, just imagine them all standing on top of an entrance ramp. Neville's there with his cape and looking the way Neville does. Next to him you've got Jack Gallagher Jack Gallagher, sorry, dressed up in that pinstripe suit that he wears, completely different and with a moustache, but he's kind of like that eccentric gentleman joker crazy kind of Gallagher. Akira Tozawa is just like this mute, ha, guy, who, Japanese kickass. ass uh, It's quite a multiracial group. You've got a good colour scheme here. You've got the pasty white of Jack Gallagher. You've got a Japanese Akira Tazawa, Black Cedric Alexander, he's there as well. And you've also got Austin Aries, who of course looks very colourful with that flamboyant feather boa thing he wears down to the ring chomping on a banana. So if you just imagine that visual where everyone looks really really different, but they're somehow unified as this kick-ass group. Anyway, at Survivor Series that's your Kings and Knights team, King and Knights team, whatever they're called. And uh, the Heels to replace Curtis Axel is a returning Samoa Joe. But, because the Heels team aren't used to working together and Neville has... Really brought these guys together on the cruiserweight side or the Kings of Wrestling side. Uh, the the Kings of Wrestling win, so they get they get put over. But you know you're not burying the heels from Raw because it's just like it's based on a disunity thing. So with the Survivor Series win behind them, Neville demands that they get all they all get title shots and that Neville up until this point has only been defending his Kings of Wrestling title on on Kings of Wrestling, the the former 205 Live. And Kurt says you need to defend it on the uh, December pay-per-view, which I don't know what that's called. Backlash. But probably Backlash. So that, yeah, that raw December pay-per-view. And it's built up as kind of like an NWO, or an, an NWO versus WCW thing where your main matches are Tozawa and Alexander as a tag team taking on Cesaro and Sheamus for their tag titles. Ares versus Miz for the Intercontinental Champion, and Neville has put his King of King of Wrestling title on the line. Which Kurt says we've got our own King, a Demon King, and it's uh, it's Balor versus Neville for that match there. But Gallagher interference means that Neville wins because you know they are still heels. They're still quite a heel faction, and when facing a babyface like Bala, you can you can do that. Right, so I'm skipping through this because I don't want to get bogged down in the details after this. Uh, Royal Rumble, typical domination the Royal Rumble, despite management forcing all those titles to be defended earlier in the night. So the, ta- uh, the tag team champions and the IC, they've already defended, but they're in the Rumble. Uh, the Raw members start to gang up on the Kings to gain advantage. Loads of people in the ring, everyone down, but Neville's standing up. Roman Reigns comes down.
3: The Big dog. Yeah,
2: so up until this point, the main event scene with the Universal Championship has been kept separate from all of this stuff that's been going on underneath it. You know how, like, Brock and Goldberg felt on a completely different level. So this is the first time that that main event scene has punctured this this story down here. And Neville and Reigns have a stare-off, and you're like, wait a second. I never knew I wanted this match. And I'm kind of rooting for Neville out of, out of everything. So they have a, a stare-down. This is the first stare-down between them. And they go at it until the final four when Balor eliminates Neville. Uh, Reigns wins setting up that Brock Lesnar WrestleMania main event. But that's, that's not me. I'm just saying that's like that's the plans that have been reported. So don't let that factor into your uh, your voting. Neville has a fast lane match against Balor or someone else. I don't know. Screwy finish. Uh, trios had a match at WrestleMania with Neville, Alexander and Tozawa versus the club. If you're still following that Balor one through, doesn't really matter. What matters is that Reigns wins... Uh, the title, again, that's what's reported. Not my fancy booking against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania uh, 34. And this builds up to Neville taking on Reigns in a Universal Championship versus King of Wrestling Championship match at Extreme Rules, which is the one after the one after WrestleMania. And uh, Neville keeps on saying that the King of... It, this should be for the... The King of Ch- Wrestling Championship should be higher than the Universal one. Mm. And yeah, so the outcome of this is that the cruiseweight wrestlers are seen side by side with the 205 plus pound wrestlers. Neville's a main eventer. Uh, four others are elevated. Austin Aries returns. Although I I know that's a bit of a cheap thing. It's like saying CM Punk came back. But it, it, it fits with the storyline, I think. And uh, 205 Live is effectively rebranded as an indie strong style show on the network.
3: So with my fancy book in Warfare, well done, by Thank the way. You. Um, so my aims are actually quite similar to mm. yours. And in some ways, there are some sort of crossovers mm. in there a little bit. So my aims were to uh, make the Cruiserweight division relevant again, rebuild 205 Live, and remind people why we wanted the Cruiserweight in the first place. Okay. So I am doing a little bit of retconning, just for my storyline to make a little bit more sense. Uh, Within my retcon scenario, Neville never lost the title. That pointless Akira Tozawa win never happened. Neville just retained the title through SummerSlam, and we are now in the situation we are now. He also beat um, Enzo Amore, and he's just had a feud with Cedric Alexander, where Cedric nearly just nearly got the win, but just could never get the win. He could never get pushed past the big one. So, we're now in a position where we're on Monday Night Raw. Hour two, you might say. Neville comes out and cuts a promo. He says he's beaten everyone. Austin Aries, beating him. Tezawa, beating him. Rich Swan, beating him. Uh, Cedric Alexander, you know what happened there. He says there are too many pretenders to the throne, but he's not going to just let anyone come out and make a claim for his belt. He's tired of these wannabes just stepping up and saying like now's my chance now's my turn to challenge for the belt and he says i'm gonna change the way that this works all of a sudden ride of the valkyries hits and daniel bryan comes out that's right daniel bryan is on raw (laughs) there's a reason why there's a reason why you just hate the brand split in your fantasy book (laughs) It'll get. I'll come to it. Uh, he says he. He, says he agrees with what Neville has to say, and he talks openly about the issues that we've had with the division. Talks about how everyone loved the Cruiseweight Classic, but then we got bogged down into silly storylines. We had Cedric Alexander and Noam Dar and Alicia, you know, uh, Alicia Fox, not, just feuding over the mid card title within the Cruiserweight Classic. It became a joke. So he announces that we are going to have the second ever cruiserweight classic and the winner of that is going to face neville at wrestlemania and it's going to be a bit of a different tournament this time around it's not just going to be a network exclusive this is a tournament that is going to take place all over the world with groups like evolve progress rev pro icw using all of those guys as well to try and make it this big seemingly prestigious tournament and for those of you who think that might be going outside of the realms of things. The preliminary stages of the Cruiserweight Classic did take place at Evolve and Rev Pro and Progress and things like that. So these these relationships do exist and they can happen. Fun fact: Pete Dunne was actually uh, in the Cruiserweight Classic. He was knocked out by Jack Gallagher in the prelim stages. Facts are fun, kids. Um, so Brian announces along with that. So these, you know, it's going to be taking place all over the world, but also on Raw 205 Live and on pay-per-views as well. And along along with that. He announced that he is the new commissioner of 205 Live alongside one of the greatest cruiseweight champions of all time, Dean Malenko. So that's going to be like you got brian danielson sorry daniel brian and dean malenko as like these two stalwarts for the cruiserweight division and they're going to make this a bit more relevant again so actually so and this is kind of where my fantasy booking is going to be slightly different i'm not going to give you the entire tournament but i'm going to give you how this tournament is sort of structured and the, the kind of like small outcomes that come from it so for example cruiserweight classic 2 if Vic is that his name the guy who does the commentary Vic, Vic Joseph Vic Joseph thank you very much so you've got Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness doing commentary for Cruiserweight Classic 2 alongside Neville as the third member of the team providing the colour commentary after all he wants to scout out all of his competition you can build storylines around that On Raw, rather than pointless Cruiserweight matches where no one gets over and no one gets any heat, you have UFC-style interviews, like they did on the Cruiserweight Classic, where you just have them sat down there talking about their experiences, talking about their pasts, building themselves up more as characters. All unscripted stuff as well. So it's just them sat in front of camera, putting themselves over... Building their storylines themselves, but you also have interviews with people not in the tournament, like AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, talking about how great these guys are, and like and talking about it from a real wrestling perspective as well. It's so like there's a great thing about this guy because the thing with the Kira Tsar is you don't know when his German suplex is coming. All that sort of stuff, all that kind of good stuff. Um, All and as I, you know, other business side of things. Two o five live is no longer taped after SmackDown. It's moved back to Full Sail University. Get that hot crowd again. Make everything seem really good. And as I said, some matches do take place on Raw. Some matches will take place on pay per views. Raw branded pay per views just to make the, the the tournament seem more prestigious and to stretch it out. Uh, a lot further because you've got to stretch that to wrestlemania and you can also use some of the cruiserweight classic guys that came in for that tournament but haven't been there since like Tajiri, Zack Sabre Jr., Kota Ibushi just bringing them in for those sort of one-shot deals just bring them in for a couple of matches and then off they go you don't have to sign them to exclusive WWE deals we're going to build this around people that we've already got signed not like Austin Aries Oh, slam. Um, and we're also going to use this as a way to kind of elevate some of the NXT guys. Not take them out of NXT or promote them, but just kind of give them a bit more exposure. Guys like Alistair Black, who I've checked at Wikipedia, is billed at £205. There you go. Uh, so Alistair Black, only Lorcan, Danny Burch, these kind of guys, just to give them a little bit more TV time outside of just NXT. So here are some of the storylines that will run throughout this tournament and over these few months. You've still got that team of uh, Gallagher and Kendrick, and they support each other as a team, this dastardly heel duo. You've also got Johnny Gargano going on an absolute tear through this competition, doing really well. He's got all the crowd behind him, and during one of the full-sale tapings, is about to come out for his semi-final match, but is taken out by a returning Tommaso Ciampa, who just beats him up down the ramp, beats him pillar to post. But Johnny Gargano, that fighting babyface, said i'm going to continue i have to win this tournament rolls back into the ring kicking their head one two three he's out of the tournament and that builds towards their their first encounter together at nxt takeover new orleans the night before wrestlemania Enzo amore is eliminated in round one but becomes a mouthpiece for the guy who eliminated him i haven't specified which one because I was going through the list, I couldn't really think of a good person to put him with. But anyway, but someone who can't cut a a good promo, preferably a heel, and Enzo can be his mouthpiece. On an episode of Raw leading into the tournament, who should come out but Paul Heyman to announce he's got guys in this tournament. He's the manager, he's the the advocate, I should say, for the universal champion, and he also wants to be the advocate for the cruiserweight champion, because that's where the money is so he brings out his guys in the tournament which are Hideo Itami and the UK champion Pete Dunne so that's like Paul Heyman's guys there's kind of like sort of super duo um Dunn, uh, Pete Dunn, and Tyler Bate clash during the tournament, and that is going to be an absolute barn burner. And that builds to a rematch for the UK Championship at WrestleMania. So that's another match using this tournament to build to other matches outside of the tournament, like Gagano Champa, Dunn, Bate at uh, WrestleMania. Alistair Black is on an absolute he's also on a bit of a tear to this. I mean of course he is he's Alistair Black of course he's awesome he's just kicking people's heads off he's amazing but his tournament is unfortunately ruined when uh, Kylo Riley, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole take him out and that builds a new program with them on NXT over the NXT Championship and that with uh, uh, Drew, Ga- uh, Drew, Drew Galloway no Drew McIntyre and that sort of thing so Alistair Black stays on NXT but is put into a main event program with those guys over there uh, Neville also has exhibition matches throughout this but he's having them with people who are knocked out of the tournament just so Neville can keep stay on television just show that he's great just win matches really easily show that he is the king of the cruiserweights. Uh, but really, the guy for this tournament is Cedric Alexander. You've got this whole storyline that's been built up pre the tournament where he just he couldn't get the championship. And now he goes through these big wins. And you're also playing off the drama of last year's Cruiserweight Classic when he had an astounding match against Kota Ibushi, but unfortunately did out. But the crowd were so into Alexander. Again, being back at full sail, that'll help Alexander really get over and feel like a megastar. Um, so the guys you're putting over as the big stars in this tournament are Atami, Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate and Cedric Alexander. So those are your like your big guys within this tournament. The finals take place before uh, at the pay-per-view before Raw. I'm going to assume it's Backlash. I think it's Roadblock. I think it's one of those, but let's say it's Backlash. And that is between Hideo Atami and Cedric Alexander. That is your finals of the Cruiserweight Classic 2. And by the skin of his teeth, Cedric Alexander wins. And this builds up to their big match at WrestleMania. You've got all these video packages. You've had all this TV time on Raw dedicated to these men and building their stories up. So by the time you get to WrestleMania, in front of that hardcore crowd that have been watching this on the network, watching uh, tapes on YouTube of the matches at Evolve and Rev Pro and stuff like, you know, like the real dorky stuff that we like to get into where we want to see every match, they're going to be rabid for this match now and it is the crowning moments you've got Brian you've got Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan and uh, Dean Malenko outside at ringside and everyone's there and it's this big big tournament feel and Cedric finally gets the big one he finally wins the belt Neville's 15 month reign is finally over you have this big coronation you know the, the big like when they ended the Cruiserweight Classic and you have those, the big confetti and all that sort of stuff it's a great great feel good moment so the, after this, basically the fallout of this, is that 205 Live is now presented very differently. Uh, guys don't just have matches, they don't just have random pointless matches, It's it, they're given competitive storylines. It's built very much like the Cruiserweight Classic, just without the tournament aspect of it. Behind the scenes, as another business side of thing, a writing team is brought in specifically to work on 205 Live. They're not splitting their time between Raw and SmackDown. They work exclusively on 205 Live. So when you've got that writing team, you've got fresh storylines that are coming out, time being dedicated to that show on its own. Uh, All interviews are done in that UFC style. You keep Paul Heyman... On that show as well, managing Atami and managing Pete Dunn on that show. So you've still got that star power of Paul Heyman elevating guys uh, like that. And the show is really built around your four guys, which is Atami, Alexander, Neville, and Pete Dunn. There's your, your four main guys uh, on that show. And wins and losses matter. They're actually registered. So when they come out, it'll be like uh, Pete Dunn with his uh, win loss record. That's my pitch. <laughs> This is the bit of Fantasy Booking Warfare that I like the most, which is, like, it's the post-warfare come down. The analysis. The analysis, where we can give some feedback to each other's uh, mm. Fantasy Booking Warfare. Because I'm very curious to, to know, because i I very different part kind of uh, b- Booking Warfare this time. I didn't go, a like, week by week, month by month. Yeah. I didn't try and really create storylines and stuff. I was essentially trying to... I was rebuilding something. Mm. So and that, that was a very different... Uh, that was an exciting uh, way of doing an book booking warfare instead. You did a concept,
2: you did a big picture thing, and you left a lot of the details to be filled out later. Exactly. Because there's a lot of potential there on the table. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, you, you've obviously got the advantage. You went last. I went second. Which... which, historically, because it's closer to the vote, seems to give you a bit of an edge. Mm. We, do, we can't separate if that's because the, the second ones are better or because it's just close to the vote but I see because I went first the time of the trios championships so it probably is mm. just that, 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 that. <laughs> you reckon. Yeah. You really are sticking to that trios championship being like the winning idea I'm going to talk about it on Monday when we do the mailbag <laughs> I'm going to bring
3: up trios championships again I've seen the questions we've got prepared um, so but uh, talking about your mm. fancy booking warfare I, it took me a little while once again It was the idea of taking away the cruise and rebranding it the King of Wrestling. Kings of Wrestling. Well, so the show is is the King of Wrestling. Because all I can think of in my head is Jeff Jarrett is mm. Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall, and... Is it Kevin Nash? Were they the kings of wrestling oh, in TNA? No. Is that a thing? Yeah, they, I think they were I the miss kings... I that faction. Yeah, they, it was a very short-lived faction. It was like very early days of TNA on, when they started doing monthly pay-per-views. Mm. Oh, I think I can get past that then. They also... They had uh, one pay-per-view match, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, which was against uh, AJ Styles... Oh, if I remember this. AJ Styles, someone else, and Randy Savage... Wow. Oh, Jeff Hardy. It was AJ Styles, oh, Jeff Hardy. Oh, star power. <laughs> AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy and Randy Savage against the Kings of Wrestling. Wow. And they had like this promo before. I used to have this on DVD. They had this promo beforehand of uh, Jeff, Scott and Kevin wearing like Elvis wigs and Elvis glasses in like in a Cadillac with like oh Las God. Vegas behind them on like a moving screen. I think screen. I'm
2: familiar with this. This is now ringing an awful bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah well you can relive that on the global Force
3: Network streaming service I tried to if subscribe that ever goes up but
2: it did it's gone up but I thought it went back down I shortly think it after did it went went back. Up.
3: that's because they put up too early mm. and you could just go on there and watch everything for free like there was only a handful of things behind a paywall or user demand
2: I like how no one thinks it's user demand <laughs> over service of course, it's not. Well, of course it's, it's not. it must be a technical fault that it's down
3: but also because and I can tell you why I think it's a technical fault it's because I was reading this on the, the Wrestling Observer boards there were like posters for it on like the site saying like oh sign up it's only $7.99 and then when you went to the startup, it was like it's $5.99 and there were um, banners that didn't actually have any content in it it just says pretty banner nice
2: <laughs> Ipsop
3: everywhere yeah, exactly <laughs> that's the, that's the Lauren Ipsom yeah uh, yeah but back to your,
2: your fantasy booking I like the inclusion of Paul Heyman him picking up some cruiserweight talent uh, what was the other bit I liked Dean Malingo mm. although he's not very, I guess Daniel Bryan can make up for the promos on that uh, maybe Dean Malingo could be sort of like a judge
3: yeah he, I, I sort of see him more as like an ambassador mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, I wanted to have like a classic a really like classic cruiserweight champion kind of involved in this to add some prestige to the surrender. I was like oh maybe I could use Chris Jericho but then I thought it's not a waste of Jericho but like because Jericho's still an active wrestler you don't want to don't want to put him in that position and also we both went for Alexander that's what I was thinking we both I... see the, the tremendous value in it that's what I thought was very interesting is we both went with mm. Cedric as like our guy to, to come at the back of this and I think it's because we were talking about it yesterday The this is brilliant uh, that, that moment in the Cruiserweight yeah, Classic yeah. when when Trips comes out and puts the arm around him and gives the thumbs up to the NXT crowd the NXT crowd the full sale crowd Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was very interesting. to We both went in that direction.
2: Well, should we read out some iTunes reviews just to end this on a uh, backslapping high? <laughs> Final deletion writes, "You had me at it's free." Support Wrestle Talk five stars. Thank you, Final deletion. You might say that was wonderful. Yes, delightful. Or, uh, the title there, "You had me at it's free." That's the GFW streaming service <laughs> slogan. <laughs> 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 Next up from Backdoor Mailman. Don't know what that means. Swaft. Love WrestleRamble, love the news. These two guys do a fantastic job and I look forward to the notifications on both iTunes and YouTube. Keep up the great work, guys. Yes, Woo! Backdoor, cheers. all in Thank the back you, door. Backdoor. Uh, well, on that, I think on that username, we should uh, end it there. We'll see you on Monday.
3: Love you, bye.